Hey everyone, this is Mike, and this is Blank with Friends. <laughs> Welcome back. And this week on the podcast, we podcast. had Daniel Carlin. We podcasted this week. Daniel Carlin. With Daniel. On the podcast. Carlin. He's from Australia. <laughs> he played basketball over there growing up. He uh, moved to the States and played basketball in college for a bit. Ended up moving back to Australia to pursue professional basketball there. And we got to sit down with him and hear his story and crush beers. We crushed beers. He crushed beers. Yeah, honestly, he, he crushed the beers. We, we just, all crushed beers. We just kind of sat there and watched Podcast. this man. Blank with Welcome friends. back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't get squeaky. No, <laughs> I get squeaky. Yeah. Not puberty squeaky, but just like high, like falsetto squeaky. Those were rough yeah. days, dude. <laughs> dude, I had some kid in my class the other day straight up like ask me a question, and it was a full on just like, yeah. I was, was like, a crack? I was like, You're like <laughs> and he's like, we both just looked at each other, and I was like, I've been there, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not Did mad anyone at you. else laugh in the classroom? <laughs> no, it was very quiet. It was, like, oh, come on, us. guys. <laughs> well, it was like a, it wasn't like a public conversation. It was just between oh, the two really? of us. So. Man, I used to crack all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember this like the summer you would leave and come back. It was like somewhere between. It could have happened either the summer between like sixth grade and seventh grade or seventh grade and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And like your friends would come back, you can speak to you the whole summer, and all of a sudden they just like their voice was completely different. I think puberty happens younger in Australia. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> I me, because I remember like between second and third grade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, yeah, it must have. I reckon I had like a specific memory, like a good like buddy, but we just didn't talk the whole summer. And I was like, "Oh, Dave, what's up?" He's like, "Oh, what's up, Daniel?" I'm like, oh, dude. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey. You're a man. Yeah. <laughs> You're a man now. Yeah. <laughs> the relationship has changed. I remember. I I remember listening to my voice on a recording and thinking, "Wow." I, talk so high remember that hearing your voice on a recording for the first time you're like what the heck who's that yeah freaking clown over here dude. even now i still like the first time i heard my voice recorded after a while i was like wow i speak a lot higher than i just think the vibration of your head like you're speaking and in your head like you hear yourself sounding deeper than you actually sound yeah yeah that's probably good because in, in my head i'm very deep well you're <laughs> yeah. very deep in real yeah. life too yeah so. <laughs> All right, well, we got Daniel here. Welcome, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yeah. How do you like those beers, man? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah, it's nice. They're, they're going down pretty smooth. <laughs> you like that, dude? Yeah. yeah you can cool. have the rest of these if yeah, you want. All right, good, they're all good, yours, yeah, bro. I've been eyeballing them. Rip them. Yeah. <laughs> dude, uh, them dude. Tell us a little bit about just like what you're up to in life and just kind of share a little bit about yourself and let people know who you are. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm Australian. The accent will probably start to, to come through a little bit here and there. Uh, <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Currently uh, currently teaching, uh, coach basketball as well, uh, former basketball player and, and came up uh, doing that as a junior, played college, uh, played professionally a little bit back home before we moved out here. Um, and so my wife, Alicia, who I kind of, that's how I know, well, you through Trevor. And yeah. That, that's the line. Um and so, yeah, we, we moved back out here just because we wanted to, to settle down in the U.S. and we wanted to get into teaching and been doing that kind of for about the last year, starting my first full year. I was kind of got thrown in mid-year last year, but um, yeah, teaching, coaching, living life, 
Yeah. Yeah. Alicia's over here cracking up. Alicia's <laughs> in the room, everyone. His wife's in the room with us here. Yeah. I always love the dynamic of having like <laughs> just up. either like a friend or a spouse sitting in the room during the podcast because it's like you can see the faces that they make or the reactions to like stuff being said. Yeah, like stories and yeah. she, like the other person's like, oh my God. <laughs> Scratching their head. Like, oh. So, uh, dude, why, why settle here? Because I remember um, – Alicia moved out there yeah. with you for a bit, and you guys were there, and then you decided to come back to, or she coming back here, and then you decided to come here. Yeah, well, we, so we met there in 2011. Uh, she was over there playing basketball. We came back because I still had college eligibility, so I played. I always wanted to play professionally just to see what it was like, so we went back out there. Uh, Long term, we always knew we wanted to come back here, and so. But you played professional, or you played college here. Yes, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, right. I played okay. up at a, a Westmont College in Santa Barbara, um, and so well, I did a year out at Casper College in Wyoming first, transferred to, to Westmont for my last three years. In Wyoming, is that you said? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang. It, it was cool, but it was it was different. It was. Uh, I remember I got there and uh, must have been late August, and by like mid September, probably like a couple of weeks from right now, it was already like in the fifties, and so I was hoodies, sweats, and everyone in Wyoming was still in tanks and shorts, flip-flops. I'm like, oh, you cold. I'm like, you must not like, be from around well, here. Where in Australia are you from? I'm from Adelaide. So uh, South Australia, if you look at a map of Australia, if you almost draw a line straight down the middle at the bottom, um, that's about where Adelaide is. Okay. Um, so where, I mean, our summers are pretty, like, pretty similar to here, hot and dry. Uh, winters can get a bit colder and rainy, probably more of like a Northern California. Okay. Um, but I'd seen the snow like once in my life before Wyoming <laughs> yeah. and then lived wow. in it for like seven months. So, um, yeah, no, it was cool then. Uh, I took a visit to Santa Barbara in December uh-huh. and saw that it was still 75 and sunny. I was like, yeah, I think I could definitely transfer over here. Yeah. yeah. Do they yeah. like send you offers? Is that what was going on? Like you were being recruited from over there? Or? Um, well, I was recruited by a bunch of schools um, back home in Australia uh, and then long story short, just how the eligibility center works for a, a international student versus an American student is different. And so I had taken a couple of different classes that were fine for an Australian university, but didn't match up with what was required for like American kind of college requirements. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to a junior college. Um, so I went to Casper at a friend from Adelaide that was there already playing on the women's team. And that's kind of how they, they heard about me. Or knew that was about a junior me. college? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I transferred there, and I had a lot of different schools that were still recruiting me from there, but NIA have different requirements. Um, and so I knew Such Ali- a complicated process. Yeah. All the, like, so, the yeah. different things you have to fit the mold for. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, an outsider looking in, I wouldn't know, but geez. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> this sounds complicated. Jeez. It's uh, Yeah, it's a lot for sure. And, like, I guess really, when I went, I guess a few more Australians have started to go, a lot are coming now, but before that, there at least in my area there hadn't been a lot of people who had gone before so mm-hmm. there wasn't like a path to follow like oh this is like how you do it can i just this, figure yeah. it out and so like, we would just we would try to read up online we would try to talk to coaches over here and i mean they some of them know the general rules of the ncaa but as soon as you have to get into how do you get a foreign student in it's it's all completely different yeah they just want you to play for their team like yeah. they're not really thinking about the logistics of you transferring over as a student and whatnot right 
Uh, I mean, it, it, it depends on the school, really. Like, there are some schools which are very, like, all-inclusive of the entire process. Mm -hmm. There are some schools that are kind of like, if you just come here to play sports and they kind of, oh, yeah, you get a degree, but they don't really care about that. Like, if you didn't leave with a degree, there are definitely coaches that wouldn't care. Um, but, I mean, that was, for me, a part of why I wanted to go to Westmont is their um, kind of the, the academic experience there and the level there. Um, was something I wanted as well as the basketball and the, the full experience. So I actually ended up reaching out to Westmont um, and in my letter just included all the other schools that were recruiting me. And so they were uh, interested after that. And then I had my wife or girlfriend then, but they knew her to, to vouch for me. And then another guy who had played back, uh, it was from my town, played there I think like 98 to 2002, but all the coaches were the same. He was like, yeah, you like go get that guy. So. Um, lucky I had a couple of people in my corner, but it was, yeah, just kind of the, the place I wanted to, to be at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. How and long it, has your uh, basketball career been? Uh, I mean, I started playing when, when I was like seven or eight. I like picked up a ball and just played with my buddies and yeah. we played little social tournaments. Uh, it probably started getting pretty serious around about like four, 14 years old. I started playing on state teams and then... From there, uh, got to eventually represent Australia at the Under-17 World Championships. Uh, I was at the Australian Institute of Sport, which is where all of Australia's elite athletes go and train, and was there for six months. So all the guys in like the NBA now, like Joe Ingalls, Patty Mills, all those guys came through that program. Um, and so I got to kind of experience the most elite level of Australian basketball. Um, and yeah, from there, just I always knew I wanted to play college and kind of use it to explore. I've been pretty lucky that I've uh, been able to go to kind of like Italy, Germany, Serbia, uh, China, wow. and then obviously the, the United States to play. So mm -hmm. it's it's taken me around and um, it was just something that I, I knew it could do that and I always mm -hmm. wanted to see more of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, if I can use basketball to do that and do it for free, then that's Might definitely well. something I, yeah, I want to explore. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's a rad I'll opportunity. Totally do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you had something like that, they could just take you around. They'd give okay. you the opportunity to see all that stuff. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Are yeah. you so like? Where are you now with that? Are you just are you done? Did you reach like the yeah. your own personal capacity, or like were you faced with some sort of challenging experience of saying that you couldn't play anymore? No, or? I mean I think for like where I was at, we went over and and tried to play professionally, and I, I got in and I was in the the NBL, which is the Australian Professional League, and um, you know, which is great. I was kind of at the lower end; just the money really wasn't there. Yeah, and so the i guess the you know the conversation me and alicia had had was if we're gonna do this it, you know it kind of it needs to provide for us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and just in terms of trying to play it out long term knowing we wanted to move back to the states with how the dollar works kind of adding up how much we'd really need to save before we could make that move um, we just went, well, by the time contract-wise it lines up and how far we could go and all things could happen in between, we probably have to stay like 10 to 15 years before we're financially in a position to move back. Um, but like right now, we don't have anything to tie us down. We don't have any kids. We don't have a mortgage where, we, you know, we can kind of put everything we have in a suitcase and yeah, we, can just, a we can just go. Um, and so it's not like we had really a bunch of savings, but at the same time, we weren't going to lose money whether really the Australian dollar hovers around kind of 70 cents to a US dollar. So that's already 30% off plus any conversion fees, probably gonna be about another 10%. So 
So you're looking at whatever we save really only being 60%. And yeah, well, you know, for right now, if we kind of go over there, just us, that's one thing. If we have multiple kids we have to provide for, that's mm-hmm. um, that's a lot more nerve wracking. So And uprooting too, like that yeah. like family situation is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just something that, you know, we had talked about and, you know, I had to let her know, that, hey, this is my dream. This is what I want to pursue. Um, and I was lucky enough that she, she kind of let me do that but at the same time it wasn't well I'm not going to continue to kind of pursue this to the extent that it like inhibits us from from moving forward mm-hmm. yeah um, and so it was for me it was like I got to experience that level and for me and just how I come that was that was probably about where my peak was going to be I mean had I kind of stayed in there longer maybe i could have you know worked up to be more of a, a player inside of the league but in terms of just experiencing it i was kind of like well like i've done it it was cool i got to travel all around australia play against some some really great players had some really great coaches uh with that team we got to do a tour of china and go play some of the teams in the cba over there and that was great but it was kind of like well like now like i've done it like i've kind of reached that level and i know like, mm-hmm. I'm, i probably wasn't gonna go to the nba and this league is just as good as any other international league around the world and i'd be i'm a, a lot more kind of comfortable playing there and i've played in europe before and now I've, I've been over and played in asia and kind of seen a majority of the continents and how different people play and so i was kind of like well like i've done what i want to do um and knowing that in the end i wanted to get back in a coaching kind of give back i was like well now i have this experience and i can yeah. talk about it and i can tell the kids well this is what it was like um, you know that I was like well like I've, I've kind of got it in the belt mm-hmm. and then once I had that I was like you know I can give it up knowing that I experienced it I know what it's like um, but I mean for me and I tell this to kids all the time I was like I had way more fun when I was in college playing than when I played professionally just because it was so much more of a uh, a tight-knit group that was really the, just the culture behind it was important but as soon as you get to that higher professional level it's um, I think people just kind of care about contracts and there's just more yeah. weight because this is their job. It's a business now. And so it was still a bunch of great guys that I played with, but it just wasn't that mm-hmm. that same relationship as what I had with a lot mm-hmm. of my college kind teammates. Of, did, did they kind of lose the spirit of, or, or uh, the love of basketball with all these other variables that come into play, like money, contracts, I don't, whatever, whatever? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily losing the love because – those guys definitely i mean they they love what they do and they work hard um but i think it was just and i was really fortunate that my college program was fantastic and really besides representing my country that's i've got the time i played for australia and then westmont college underneath that and really you know i'd have to kind of shuffle around other teams i played on to, to fill in the rest but um it was just i don't know it just seemed different people are in different stages of life Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, I wasn't there that long. I think there's a lot of always like moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a different, entirely different team from one season to the next, just based on mm-hmm. kind of who stays, who goes. Um, and contract-wise, you have to worry about, you know, I guess, you know, who's coming, who are they going to bring in? You know, am I going to lose this friend from another team and yeah. um, stuff like that? So it's just it's different. It's not that they they love it any less. It, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's just different. I see what you're saying. Like, I grew up playing club soccer, uh, and uh, we always stuck with our teams, and, like, the neighborhood kids would always 
play together and whatnot. If I don't know, I kind of think it'd be a little bit weird having that change into a, like a professional platform and, and being much more of an individual. Themselves. It's like I'm a I'm one player, and I can be moved. Whereas like I don't know, you're just more tight knit back then, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I even sense, think you know that I mean? like shows through too, and like watching March Madness, like that is probably some of the most intense basketball that you watch. Yeah, because these guys have a lot more loyalty to each other and yeah. to their team and to camaraderie their school. is definitely there. Oh, huge! And all of a sudden, they're playing with their hearts, yeah. like way more than any sort of like NBA game that I watch. And don't get me wrong, I love watching NBA games, yeah. but there's just this energy when you watch March Madness. Like those kids are fighting, like it might be their last game of basketball they ever play. Mm-hmm. No, it's, because it yeah. is for some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's college is is so cutthroat, especially at that higher level. Um, I mean, there are some like great athletes and players and. Uh, it's just what the expectations are in terms of coaches, some of the biggest schools in terms of like the fans and the communities. Um, and you kind of see that in March Madness and you watch all the people fly around the countries to get to games. It, it just means a lot more. So I would always rather sit down and watch a college game than an NBA game um, just because, I don't know, people are more invested in the, the team mm-hmm. communities there a lot more. Some NBA teams, you can see it come through. But really Those all are the t- great ones. I yeah, think, that end up all, all the time out. throughout the NBA season, it's, well, like, oh, like this guy wants to get traded or this guy wants out. He doesn't want to be in this city. Or, you know, with the Lakers, it was like, oh, LeBron's going to trade everyone to get whoever he wants in. And so you yeah. saw the young guys like, yeah. well, like this guy's like the man, but does he want me? And am I going to get traded? And, oh, now we are getting traded. Now we're Their not. Their confidence level just and, tanks. Yeah, to, to have that as a player, like to go out and play and be like, oh, my teammates don't want me or my organization doesn't want me. Like they want mm-hmm. someone better that's different where they're like in college the, you're not really going to get traded but there is that i guess still like a need to be at a, a higher level but guys can commit to each other a lot more mm-hmm. think, at that level. yeah that sounds very disheartening like, <laughs> oh, lebron just came in dude All that right. was a huge piece of the <laughs> lakers <laughs> like yeah. just kind of tanking this season because yeah. it's like once they offered everyone to the pelicans oh they you know, offered they every, everyone they spread dude. the table they like, you can have whatever you want anybody you want and then it's like all those guys are like oh so <laughs> like, like you I guys haven't... are you guys better get used to humidity dude <laughs> yeah you guys are leaving <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah is, is so like from perspective of like someone growing up in another country obviously like in australia is the nba the league is that the league for basketball like that everybody that the around the world that, that looks at or because uh, i mean i don't yeah. want that to be some sort of like biased or or like self <laughs> Michael yeah. trying to reach for a beer. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, like I grew up here. And so for me, the league that I watch and the league that I am attentive to is the NBA. Yeah, How is no, that? Is I, it like Australian pros? Is that like what Australian kids look up to or? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the NBA is still like the, the best league in, in the, the world. world that everyone looks at. Um, you know, for, for me it was, I watched both the Australian professional league and the NBA, but the NBA was like that was the the pinnacle of like, yeah. oh these are the best players all my favorite players were NBA players. Uh, the the NBA back in Australia has done a really good job of kind of remarketing itself uh, because growing up like I loved the NBA because I was a basketball player. But if you were just like a random guy, you probably wouldn't have watched the league. Now people that you know watch NBA go oh actually Australian basketballs pretty good they're gonna go check it out um i mean we just it's had, like equally competitive almost or uh i don't necessarily like equal but it's like it's definitely their stocks rising i mean we just had and this is kind of a mix the the usa team came down and played the australian boomers a couple of weeks ago and they had 
uh, one of the Australian football stadiums, they had to like put the court inside of there, and they had, I think like fifty, it's like fifty two or like fifty four thousand fans Damn. come out and support. So huge events, and I mean the sport is definitely rising, but um, I think the NBA is still the pinnacle. What other countries do laugh at is when, particularly like NFL, when they win their world champions, it's like dude, like no one else plays this sport. <laughs> the world didn't yeah. play. Yeah, it's yeah. like Miss Universe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, is the universe even trying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah exactly oh so we we yeah. do yeah we i'm do. i'm uh i'm into uh uh ufc okay, MMA, yeah, yeah, and they're like oh the welterweight champion of the world it's like the world didn't compete in this organization's <laughs> tournament you know yeah. it's like the world everything right so no sometimes we laugh at stuff like that but um You're like no. those americans yeah no, there's, yeah i do have some moments like that but i like americans <laughs> Um, well, I would hope so, man. Yeah, you chose yeah. to come over here. <laughs> yeah, no, American. American. yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I got my residency. I keep telling all my my U.S. Uh, history kids. I keep quizzing. I was like, hey, I got a citizenship test coming up like two years. Like, I got to stay sharp. You to let yeah. me know what's going on. Help me out. Help me. Yeah. Out. <laughs> what's going on with Cardi B? What's are you, up? So are you? You're not a full citizen yet. That's no. a process, huh? Yeah. Well, I have permanent residency, and that took about about 14 15 months from when we applied to when i actually got cleared at the u.s embassy in uh, in sydney and then it was just like interviews and then they there's a lot of paperwork to fill out there's physicals um just a lot of hoops to, to mm-hmm. jump through and then we got here got the green card and then i think for me it's like i have to be in the states for four and a half years before i can actually go and apply for and show that you're like like con- like contributing yeah, to society citizen. is that yeah well i mean i guess the main thing for the green card is that you're not going to be a liability to society so they look at um uh like your health which i mean i, I kind of laughed because I was like, eh, if i was sick i'd probably stay in australia for their health care and not come here but <laughs> um Woof. yeah fired. yeah <laughs> how dare you but uh, <laughs> but i was like all right like fair enough and the other thing is they just kind of like want to check on like your income, what your work is, what your plan for work is. Um, so you're not going to come here and just like get on the welfare system or yeah. come here and just end up homeless in like a month or something. So um, that was the main thing to prove. And then really in terms of the, the citizenship stuff, I think it's just that, I mean, if you're here and I don't know how much they really like drew you on if you're contributing, but if you've managed to stay afloat, I guess they just assume you're doing all right. Yeah, it's a uh, fair assessment. And then you, you have to go in and kind of take the, the tests and things like that. And then after you, you pass that, then you can get your citizenship. So I haven't looked too far into all the ins and outs of it yet just because I have a couple of years. And I'm like, well, when it gets to about a year, I'll, I'll start researching more. But yeah. that kind of, I guess, generally is the at least my understanding of the outline. Yeah. Cool. What was the objective as far as, like, why did you decide, like, America was the place that you wanted to like settle because i mean i went to australia in december i i thought it was great like i loved it like there's some sort of draw for me where i'm like it's pretty i mean oh i was in bali for like almost two weeks Uh and going to australia afterwards was like oh my gosh okay this is almost like home like i just needed like i had been been, like on the island kind of vibe for a while and then there was like you're in the jungle over there oh yeah straight up dude and i loved it bali was great but like at the end of that i was kind of ready for more of like just an Americanized kind of thing. And yeah. not to say that Australia is Americanized. Cause it's a very like selfish worldview, we take it yeah. but it's, but there was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like a similar 
culture, at least to where I had visited, which probably is not the whole thing, but it's more yeah. civilized. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, that makes him sound like barbarians. Y'all know what I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like talking to the to the breaking the wall right yeah. now. He said everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think for me, I mean, I love Australia. It wasn't like I have to leave Australia because I don't like it. Um I think for me, though, even before I moved here, there's always been some kind of a, attraction about America. Once you're here, you realize that, oh, it's actually not just like either Hollywood or like cowboys that like fly. Really? Through. Is that yeah. the worldview? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's kind of the vibe, cowboy. dude. You just don't know until someone not from America or the United States tells you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's... But you say California. Yeah, well, that's... Like, I, oh, surfing, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like you grow up and you watch a lot of the, the movies and it's you know a lot of it is set in california or like growing up i guess they're all big cities like i would watch friends and it's new york and you see how it functions or i watch like in high school i think i watch like the oc or something and yeah. i was like oh like california like that that would be that would be kind of the peak um and so the first time i came over here the first city we actually went to was cincinnati on a basketball tournament and never was, been there there was this guy i mean it's not that great um, <laughs> Is that, but, sorry, is that in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati, Australia? But there was this, my first, like, I was like, oh, this is a lot different than what I thought. I was in a, like, hotel room with our team at breakfast, and there was this guy that had biscuits and gravy, and he was just, like, chucking on the gravy. <laughs> Welcome to the town. And we, I didn't, like, I didn't, because we have, biscuits are more savory. We have scones, which are kind of similar, but sweet. Yeah. And yeah. so we put, like, jam, or, or you guys would call jelly, and cream on. And it's kind of like, it's more British, but like we do it in Australia. And so I was looking at this guy like, dude, like what, like, <laughs> what is that? Cause like country gravy, the first time you see it, like looks really gross. Oh, yeah, it does. It's awful. Um, I still see it and it's not the first time and yeah. it still looks but gross. But you know that's good. But it hits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. He, this guy was like typical, like hillbilly, like redneck, like American, just had like just a huge beer belly, like oh, a like yeah. cut off flannel, like truck. That's a part of America. That's a part of America you don't yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> and, see all the th- the thin movie stars. Yeah. yeah, and he was, and he was like, "You never like you never had this." And I'm like, "No, dude, like that was disgusting." Like, you, hey, you gotta have it. Guy whipped me a plate and just dump gravy on. I, I looked at, it, I was like, "Oh, like I'm I'm like Chuck, like this looks yeah. awful." Yeah. And then he, but he was like staring into my soul. I was like, all right, I'm like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> ooh, that's pretty good. And I was like, if this is good, and this is just like a random hotel breakfast spot, like, there's got to be some place where like biscuits and gravy is super oh, bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it yeah. turns out like everywhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty like just gross that it's good. You know what I mean? Gravy yeah. is like it's yeah. Anybody who's making gravy, like no one's just you see like, the process. You're like, what are you doing? And then it <laughs> turns into this like concoction. And you're like, oh yeah. dang, dude. Put you know what? My mashed my, potatoes. Honestly, the best time I've had gravy is just when I have a chicken fried steak with oh, gravy yeah. on it. Oh. That's that's the best for me with gravy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Biscuits, a couple of fried eggs on the side. It's there. It is good breakfast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna pass that test. Yeah, that's that's really that's your citizenship test. Actually, this was your citizenship test. (laughs) We didn't tell you. Yeah, dude. We what you just signed, dude? Yeah. (laughs) That's stand by the embassy, bro. I'm in. in. (laughs) Blank with friends approved. (laughs) With a good thumbs up, dude. Oh my god. That's so interesting to hear the um the like I guess 
to hear what America seems like to other people outside the country. I went to Spain and I met up with some Irish Irish people, some Irishmen. And they're Irish. like, yeah. they're That's like, what they prefer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do you guys uh, just surf all day or something? It was so cliche. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, are you joking? And and they're like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, what's it like? They had never been. Yeah. And they're like, do you guys just eat cheeseburgers and surf all day? I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah. I'm like, what are they telling you guys? <laughs> but I guess that's what it is. And they're like, do you guys yeah. just say dude all the time? I'm like, yeah, what kind, kind of? Yeah. 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 Actually, kind that one's kind of accurate. Yeah, yeah. That's or just bro. Of, it's all bro. Yeah. yeah, the kid, all my kids at school always go like, dude, like, do you do your American accent? Do your American, do, can you do one? Can you do one? And I've got like two, which is my like real big country Texas voice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my California's like, dude, you trying to go surf? <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, trying to go surf. Oh yeah. my gosh, uh, I'm not good at the Australian. Like I, I love there's like the Australian moments when accent. I go into it, but I have to be in this like weird place where I'm just saying some weird words. <laughs> That's, I don't have phrases that I've got locked in like that. But it's like it's like stuff like the car park. That's, the yeah. car, yeah. <laughs> Get the uh, car, the flight of the Concord. Where's the car? I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to remember as I talk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I regret this. <laughs> yeah. they're, from, they're from New Zealand, but it's close enough. Yeah, that's yeah. It's different there, though. Is it? There's a difference. Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, it's. I uh, I've but, heard them joke yeah, around. Alicia's about that. nodding. We're not Australian. We're from. We're yeah, no, Australia is. I mean, Alicia's uh, pro New Zealand. Um, no, it's New Zealand's cool. Like we always, there's like a rivalry just because they're the next like big country that's close and mm-hmm. um, we're better than them. Like everything besides rugby, they just kill us in that. But, <laughs> they um, bet they hold on to that one too, don't they? Oh yeah, I mean the old well the All Blacks, All Blacks are like the best rugby team in the world. They just oh, okay. And I don't really? follow the sport too much. Yeah, no, they're scary. Like if you go like after this, those are get, men. Get like an All Blacks hacker, like you'll be scared watching it through the computer. Really, like they're just big, yeah. Maori, like they're um. What is uh, that? You just said Maori. Maori. That's like the native New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Right so they're kind of like like uh I guess like you know Pacific Islander type, like just like the big old, bit, just like, big humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they do the those the uh, big guys. <laughs> big they guys. did the ha- hakais. Was it? Yeah. Was or that? haka. Yeah. Haka. Yeah. With yes. the, uh, da, 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 Right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it? yeah. yeah it's, That's scary, yeah. man. You're it like, is. It always cracks up. <laughs> As a soccer player, I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't play against these specimens. Uh, yeah. When we, like, because I've played against New Zealand a couple of times, and they always do it. And the big Maori guys, they're scary because that's their, like, war dance. Like, we're ready to kill you. But there's always, like, the one random, like, white point guard on the team that's doing it. And so I just. The runner? I, yeah. I, I pick him to look at because he's not scary and I kind of get to like laugh at him. Intimidate him? Yeah. yeah, bitch, I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah. The, oh the big goodness. 6'10 guy looks like he wants to rip my head off. I just. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, around, uh, <laughs> hello, how are you? Yeah. Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> that's and that's that's saying a lot too, because Daniel, you just walked. You said you're six eight. Yeah, like six eight, six nine. Yeah. So when when, when Daniel says he's scared looking at some big man, like that that means something. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. people listening right now, you can't see, but my man's big. He's chilling yeah. on the couch. <laughs> he's posted. Yeah. <laughs> but so what are you doing now? You said you're teaching, right? Yep, teaching and coaching. So uh, I teach world history mm-hmm. and U.S. history. 
Um, my U.S. history kids get a kick out of the fact that I'm foreign yet still teaching U.S. history. <laughs> They're like, um, you're like, yeah, that's 1942. We, <laughs> yeah, what do you well, mean, we? Yeah, I, well, <laughs> whoa, uh, yeah, I flip between like we and you. We when it's something good, you when it's something bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. We were talking about slavery. I was like, two, you guys, you guys, are <laughs> <bad."> um, <laughs> all the civil rights movements. He's like, we made big yeah, strides, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but y'all dude, were tripping yeah. for like, uh, like yeah, thirty. We made years. so many improvements, but back then, you guys. Just within the same yeah. context, just switching right back and forth. Yeah, however it suits. Um, so, yeah, I do that. And then I, uh, I coach as well, um, basketball. Um, cool. Why and, specifically history? Uh, for me, it was just know, always something that was interesting and I was drawn to. I had a lot of good history teachers in high school that, uh, I guess, kind of made me invest in it. And so what I tell my kids is, for me, history, like, it's about – trying to to understand why are we where we are Mm -hmm. and so the kind of the speech i give to my kids on the first day is you know for me it starts off with you know kind of why am i who i am and that stems back to well i understand that you know who my parents are has an impact on that and then so but then why are they who they are and where did my family come from you know why was my family did they end up in adelaide australia why did they move Mm -hmm. over from uh wales scotland immigrate all the way to the other side of the world yeah um and then why do, you know, do I have kind of these, I guess, family customs, yet one of my other friends who's of a different race or ethnicity is completely different to me. Um, and kind of then saying that just because that's different doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. Um, and I think that when you start to, to understand that and try to understand people and places and stories, it just it makes it easier to to be more inclusive of others um i kind of tell a story where i look at the relationship between like aboriginal australians and uh just kind of like european australians and so quick history lesson on the podcast let's go um the, I never had a good history teacher. Yeah, I love history. Yeah, so I had some good teachers. When Australians came over um, they kind of similar to kind of what happened with the US they moved a lot of people around massacres here and there but eventually got they got to a point around 1900 where they had these kind of social scientists that realized if they mixed uh, someone of Aboriginal descent with Europeaners for four generations that there would be no trace of Aboriginal left in them and so they basically had a plan that we're going to take any kids that are mixed and we're going to put them in missionaries and schools and westernize them and get them to a point where we're going to erase the entire race um and that went all the way up until kind of wow. mid 70s was when it really finally stopped so that's so for like 70 plus years you're yeah saying. which yeah. is i mean the 70s is like not that long ago no i, I had i know people who their um their parents were were taken from their parents their grandparents and so because of that there's just this big like lack of trust for trust for like government institution and there's there's a lot of cultural problems that that come with that and so i was intrigued on that i did my senior project on that i reached out to a couple of friends that are aboriginal and really like hooked up in the community and uh understand the stories and uh, i wanted to look at it, how it affected education because i knew that Eventually, I wanted to go into education and trying to see some parallels. And so we just talked about a lot of different stuff about um, customs and, uh, you know, how 
because if, if you're a part of like a you know an institution maybe they're not going to look you in the eyes or sometimes it's how we act as like kind of westerners and that could be like european australians americans you know people from a lot of like western europe that have similar ways we interact there's a different eye contacts different um just how you might have a, a conversation it, everything can be not what we're used to and so my last year in australia i also worked with a company who was focused on getting people back into work and on my caseload uh multiple aboriginal people and they would come in we would talk and at first they they wouldn't really look me in the eyes they want to shake my hands they were very like standoffish and in some cases almost aggressive against me Mm -hmm. but for them it was they felt that while we weren't a government institution we were kind of attached to some of the welfare stuff which gives them some benefits and so to them we were like government and we were institutionalized and so there was that natural distrust because of their custom like they if they didn't walk in and shake my hands and they kind of didn't look me in the eye um if it was just if it was like me like meeting up with someone normally if they didn't want to look at me or i was trying to help them they didn't want mm. anything to do with me i would be like well man like what are you like what's up with you like what i'm just i'm trying to help you and you're going to act this way and then if a lot of people from that same like race or ethnicity mm-hmm did that thing over and over again, I might start making general statements like, oh, well, like, all oh, you people are just like this. And that's kind of where, like, these racist ideologies can stem from, especially in a current day. But if I think back to, oh, man, like, there's a chance, like, you know, your parents or your grandparents were taken by government. Yeah. Like, if I knew that, I wouldn't be, like, trusting of, um, like, any institution like that. Um, and if what I've brought up in and my family and, just what I was like we don't do things that everyone else does then that doesn't mean that you're wrong you're disrespectful that's just you have like a different culture to me mm-hmm. and so I think that understanding that it allowed me to break through more barriers and connect to people on a different level and so that's what I, I tell my kids is like there are going to be things that people carry that like you had nothing to do with like I think a real big thing right now mm. is I hear so many like white Americans be like, oh, slavery was so long ago. Like I didn't have slaves, like just get over it. And it's like, man, like that's not like, you can't just say that because when I'm teaching like a US history class, if I'm talking about slavery, like if you're an African American kid, when you're hearing that, like that's like, well, when I'm tracing my line back, that's to slavery. If you're a white kid that's tracing it back, it's now, you know, whether your family owned slaves or not, like who knows, and probably a lot of kids would have no idea. But like you're not you're not feeling those same emotions like oh like wait so like you know a few hundred years ago like you wouldn't even consider me a citizen or a person like I would be property, and the fact that there are still some people in the world today that feel that way, mm-hmm. it's not like you can just throw it all away, and so I think some people they when they hear an argument or um, they're they're confronted by someone they just throw stereotypes they get angry they get dis- defensive, and it's like well. But you're not you're not caring or you're not like you're not understanding um you're not trying to put yourself in that position today it just seems like whoever talks the loudest thinks they're the winner mm-hmm. um yeah yeah I and see that, totally and that's just not the case that's what i try to tell my kids <clears throat> is you know why i care about history is because it's about understanding like why we're all here where did we all come from mm-hmm. um how we can be different and how that's 
okay. And so I was like, you know, well, there's going to be a lot of specific things we have to teach and get tested on and stuff like that just because that's what school is. But hopefully, as we go through and we talk and we have some discussions, mm-hmm. you start to realize that, okay, well, you know, I can now appreciate this more. Or, you know, now maybe I can understand this person mm-hmm. more. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, I never thought about that story from that perspective because I couldn't put myself in their shoes. And mm-hmm. so... I mean, that's, yeah, that's always what I guess has drawn me to, to history and kind of the, the social studies as a whole. That's incredibly yeah. powerful because I think even what we do here in podcasting is just giving me more and more perspective. And as I've gotten older, the more I realize the value of perspective and being able to remove yourself from your own viewpoint and look at that. And I'd never had that in history. History yeah. to me, so... I mean, the reason I'm getting towards this is I think you're going to be very effective at what you, I mean. I'm sure you already are effective at what you're doing because the way you're speaking now is like, yeah, like I get that. I never had that in history, which is yeah. kind of a bummer, but that's super valuable for the youth of our country right now to be hearing that it's okay to like remove yourself from your own story and look at someone else and even the history of someone else's story Yeah, because that's crazy in the way that it lets you like understand and perceive and like just observe everything that's going on in someone else's life because it doesn't just start with them and you it starts with you and your history and them and their history as well like there's so much that's impacted where they're at now yeah michael's got something to say yeah just thinking about it 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 makes sense i mean you have to know where you came from in order to know where you're going in a a sense right um is that something you think about I mean, yeah, for me, it's, I mean, that, I guess my focus has always been trying to just expand the lens in which I see the world. And that was something that I got at Westmore a lot is in all the history classes was, you know, like, what's your worldview? What's your lens? How do you see this? How do you view it? Um, and for me, it's almost like, I like, I literally like imagine like kind of like little toggles where I could like flick through and see things in different ways. And so that's how when I like think about like if I'm trying to look at something like mentally I almost like kind of click down and try to like put myself yeah like take like take myself away and it's just the tool I give to try to see it from a different perspective um wasn't there a toy that actually did that I mean yeah I think you get like little, little yeah, goggles yeah. and you that's go, what like, I'm thinking click of. Thinking of the same thing? but yeah, yeah like that was that was kind of and the first yeah. time I heard it that's just what I thought of and so I think for for me it's it's helped because i'm generally like a pretty mellow person but there'll be times where especially like social media you scroll through and people are just saying the most outlandish like things and so i mean a part of it does like there are things that still do upset me but sometimes like all right let me try to think about it from this position because like i don't see it this way but it does no good for me to just jump into this conversation like yell at you about something no um and so it's, you know, how might you see it? And in the end, I might still disagree with you. I might think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But at least by me kind of jumping over your side of the fence, I can go, all right, well, yeah, no, I, I kind of see how you're looking at it. And it, it allows me to come in a place of perhaps not like like anger or resentment, but just more of like, hey, like, here's my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me share that with you to try to help you better understand at the end of the day, like we don't agree, like that's cool. Like we don't have to like hate each other because of it, but mm-hmm. which gets, I mean, a lot of people can't really think like that or not that they don't have the capacity to, but they're just, I think blinded by their emotions at some point or their opinion or whatever. It's a trained skill too. Yeah. yeah to, to sure. really kind of, um, just listen, I guess, and not try to voice your opinion. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you even learn that patience. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's I, being taught at a young age like that. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why history could be a very impactful subject in school. Yeah, it, it is. Never it never was for impactful. me. Really? Because I never had. To, it was all regurgitation. Mm-hmm. It was like memorize all the presidents, and I'm like tight. Yeah. yeah, and it's and that's why I tell my kids like, look, like I, there's some stuff like we just gonna get through because this is like curriculum. Yeah. And you don't know, and you're gonna get tested on it, and that's how it works. But I try as much as possible to to get in discussion and, and make kids kids mm-hmm. think about it and it's not I mean especially high school is one of those times where I think you get out as much as you put in so I have a bunch of kids that um, like really like they get all into the conversation they they learn a lot other kids step back they just want to be cool they don't care about it that much and that's I mean people develop at different ages and care about different things and mm-hmm. so you can't hold it against them but um, you know I, I talk a lot about with my kids as well how you know how to debate and how it's you know you got to grab evidence and so anytime we do what could be considered i guess like boring where you got to you know read a document grab mm-hmm. evidence mm-hmm. cite it um do that stuff you know think about it the same way that if you're going to have an argument with someone like you have to go and grab evidence because if you don't have if we just have opinions and all we do is say well i feel this way and you feel that way mm-hmm. there's nothing to say who's right or wrong but yeah, you just feel a certain way and that. ask you hey why do you feel that way and you know, well, and just repeat it. And I go, well, I feel this way because, and go on and explain my position. Yeah. Like now you have the upper hand. And so um, it was good, especially kind of towards the end of last year. Like my kids are right now, obviously we're still a few weeks in and we're trying to build and learn some of those skills. Um, but I, kids like you get real like heated and fight up. But I was talking about, hey, like if you ever like insult the other person, like you lost and you got cut off because now you don't have anything. Like you're just trying to get at them because... Mm-hmm. Like there's no argument. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not else. trying to reach like the best result of what's yeah. happening anymore. You're trying to attack. Just them. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, and so I said, like, look, if that ever happens, like, I'll let you guys go out it however you want. And we talked about some like big important things, and people were on like very different political sides of the fence. Um, but I had some kids come up, and they said, like, I've like I've never been out to like speak like that in a class. I've never been out to share my opinion like that in mm-hmm. a classroom, which for me is. I mean, like, it, like, kind of touched me. I was like, oh, well, I'm glad, like, I could give that to you. But also the fact that if you feel like you have to be, like, muted or you can't really mm-hmm. share your thought, especially in a way where you're, like, speaking from your perspective but also giving evidence. Like, you're not just, like, being, like, hateful, angry or yelling at someone or, like, disagreeing for the sake of it. Like, you like you generally feel a certain way because of a reason mm-hmm. and you can't say that. I, I mean, I don't know all the, the science and the psychology behind it, but if, if you're feeling kind of suppressed like you're probably going to build up some kind of anger and resentment mm-hmm. inside you which just isn't healthy so um i mean yeah i want my kids to be able to to talk about what they feel but also think about like why do you feel that way because sometimes we don't we just have a reaction and it's like we just I'm, feel what like we feel. yeah i'm angry and so i'm going to come at you and that's it and that i think is still like a normal human reaction but mm-hmm. it's okay like like why are you hungry like taking a step back and trying to to understand is it is an important skill and like i said i was like at a lot of really good um high school teachers and i mean my, the teachers i had at westmont were unreal like they were so good at like there would be lessons where i was just like in awe of like them as mm-hmm. a human and how they could like just like speak about things i was like man like i like i want to be able to do that um, yeah and then just kind of, kind of like yeah. in, a, in like a non-biased way like just being able to just speak both sides kind of thing or what I mean, was the context like, of what you're saying 
yeah i think that but just how i think well one like they they cared they like they wanted you to learn but just kind of some like the knowledge and the insight and the way they were able to display it because i think like you there's a lot of teachers they're just like this is the information learn it like you know regurgitate it and it's i'm like well like especially nowadays for kids like they could look up anything on their phone. There's no point. And, you like, can't teach them. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, if you're not like, I mean, you, you still have to use the curriculum, but if you're not trying to pull stuff from outside the box and make like kids think and engage and mm-hmm. try to like engage their emotions, mm-hmm. then like, to me that like, that's real education. Um, and like, that's what people do. Like if I left a class and I was thinking about, have I been thinking about the world in like the entirely wrong way my whole life? Yeah. That's a pretty good lesson. And I had that, I had that at college where you're challenged. Yeah. 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 That's a rad perspective because I totally agree. And I think we probably teach in the same way, obviously very different subjects, but I can tell that I would respect what you do as a craft. Cause I think teaching is a craft for sure. Cause anybody can just tell kids to memorize information and and tell it to them and then have them give it back. But I think, like you said, the curriculum drives what we do and it keeps us going, but it's the lessons and the the people that we create along, like, the borders of that curriculum as far as, like, how do I make you think critically about this information that's being delivered? How do I make you, like, collaborate effectively with your peers while you talk about this information or Mm -hmm. debate or defend or, like, argue or anything worth, like, how are you engaging that material is what makes a better person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what makes teachers be able to be more effective because, like I said, anyone can just be like, all right, here's how you do this. Now you do it. Okay, cool. Watch me do it again. All right, now you do it again. All right, cool. Now I'm going to test you and see if you memorized how we did that. And it's yeah. like, great. Yeah. Like, is, that even that lear- is that even learning at that point? It was, though. It, that's how education was. And that's why like everyone, everyone all, like No, no, but I mean, I mean real learning. Because no, there's, I've had classes in college, um, and I was surprised when I got into college that there were teachers teaching like this where it was literally memorization. I'm being challenged on how much I can remember at this point. I'm not even learning this. Not understanding like the Even math or... classes, it was, they yeah. didn't even explain it well. I just memorized the formula, yeah. legit. And I just plugged it in, and I passed. Yeah. repetitive motion yeah and i like learning i think i almost want to say everyone loves to learn if they have a good teacher to teach yeah, them they're learning in a way yeah. that is because yeah, like everyone wants to grow and... yeah i've had yeah. amazing teachers in high school and it turns out to be that they were history teachers for me as well yeah that they just open up my my eyes to certain perspectives and viewpoints around the world and i'm like what they did that over there like i'm just used to my bubble over here you know yeah and and a bubble inside my bubble yeah it's like inside the united states i'm in california and then there i'm in my town or whatever and my family looks at the world a certain way but you're telling me about people like on the other side of the world and they're thinking the same things or sometimes it's not even the same thing sometimes it's like the complete opposite yeah and i'm like whoa it just i don't know the perspective that's offered at that point like to a kid that age is so wild to me it really just broadens your viewpoint on a lot of things yeah pretty impactful too that you can share something from being in a position of coming from a different side of the world and coming here and expressing to these students that there Mm -hmm. is different viewpoints and there's different places and there's different perspectives there's different backgrounds and histories and stories of other people because i think a lot of kids at least that i deal with don't even like haven't even been outside of like their immediate like county oh Mm -hmm. yeah for sure like they have no perspective at all it's crazy right 
And I mean, I was, I was, I was, sorry, I was fortunate enough to like, my parents took me to Mexico when I was a kid and I'm driving through these streets where like people are living in like tarp houses and I'm like, oh, and like that perspective is introduced very young. And I think you can be very effective in what you do probably even more because of your, like your international like background where it's like, okay, they're like intrigued already. Like they're like, okay, cool. And you're like, no, like the, uh, like the other world has different like history and yeah. different perspective mm-hmm. and different like ways that they communicate and interact that's and interesting to be yeah. a history teacher and you to ha- teach you have a really cool to, opportunity you have yeah. yeah you do have a really cool opportunity and a great platform to share it. uh it's interesting that your your history teacher teaching world history and on top of that specifically teaching american history right US. Well, you yeah. teach well yeah. u.s only or what uh both. I got a mix of I got four uh, four modern world classes and then two U.S. classes. Last year I was full U.S., but um, I kind of requested a bit of variety and how the schedule worked out well that I could do a bit of right both. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. That's really cool. I I really think you offer a unique perspective on. I'm sure you you teach it very uniquely as well. Yeah, um, which is cool. I don't know specifics, but I would love to sit through your class and be like, damn. This guy's throwing down some knowledge right here. <laughs> I'm sure there's things you can teach me about, you know, our history. And I'm like, wow, you know yeah. that? You know <laughs> about my country? Yeah. Hey, we did that? <laughs> really cool, man. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, I just want to encourage you. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep Thank doing your you. thing, yeah. man. Yeah, it's awesome. What are, uh, so like, now that you're, you know, basically on the pathway of being a citizen here and, and you're like, different, different life, like you're on a different course from, is this something you thought you were going to be doing at a young age? Like, I want to go to America. I want to be there. Is this the perspective that you thought you would have now that you're here? Like, how is that? Um, I want to live in the Inland Valley. Like, specifically think about that. Specifically in Marietta, (laughs) California. And wait to... (laughs) Not not Marietta, Georgia. Marietta, California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a Marietta, Georgia. Anyways, go ahead, bro. (laughs) No. um, I mean, for for me, I don't know necessarily if I thought I was going to live in the U.S. I always had this, like, in kind of just like infinity with the US where yeah. I always wanted to go. I had a lot of uh, American coaches that had like come over, played professionally in Australia, had stayed and they would talk to me about, you know, what it was like to go to college and just like the lifestyle there. I grew up and obviously like watched the NBA, but I love to watch like NFL and a lot of the college sports and like baseball. And so there was all the, like the movies I watched, like, everything was in America. And so it was funny. I was like, I got to go over there. Like I got to experience, maybe it's just for college. Um, but like, I, I want to be over there. Mm-hmm. And so I think as, I don't know, as I got older, once I was here, especially in Santa Barbara, I was like, and I'd seen a lot of the US, like, oh, I could definitely live here. It's not mm-hmm. a case of, um, you know, like I just think it would be cool. Like I, like I know it's really good. I like it. Um, I mean, obviously being away from family is hard. Yeah. Um, but the first, like the first probably like six months, like I struggled, it was really tough. After that, it was, I just kind of got invested into where I was. Um, I'm fortunate that, I mean, my family like loves and and misses me and probably wishes I was Mm -hmm. in Australia. Um, but I've always, my whole life been sort of like, Hey, like whatever you want, like you got to go for it. Um, I remember that like my parents were like at, at first when we told them we're going to move back to the US mm-hmm. they were pretty upset because in their mind they thought that 
I think they probably thought we were going to be there a lot longer than we were. But as soon as, like, as soon as they kind of accepted that, it was all about, like, hey, like, how can we put you in the best position to to kind of get back there and mm -hmm. um, and move forward? I think, I mean, for me, like, as soon as I met Alicia and I kind of knew that, I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, I'm going to marry this girl. You met her um, in Australia? Yeah, we met in Australia, and we went back to the U.S., and it's like, we met, we're dating in, like, three months for Australia, and then moved back to the U.S., and we were long distance, mm -hmm. and it was, once we kind of knew, because long distance is tough. You know, oh, but, yeah, yeah, that ain't fun. And, but once we knew, like, like where, like, we're sticking with this, um, and we got through kind of the first year, and I was in Wyoming, and so we only saw each other maybe, like, like three, maybe four times for that like whole year. Dang. But then once I got to Santa Barbara, we it was a little bit more consistent, but still not necessarily for like long periods of time. Mm -hmm. But we were just kind of both committed. And I was like, I'd like, uh, and probably once like I got to Santa Barbara and we'd made it through that long like first year, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm gonna marry this girl. And so that was when I think my, in terms of like my future, like oh, like I could. Like I could probably end up living like in the U.S. like for the long term, mm -hmm. and then once we got to a point where we were kind of knew we were gonna get married, and oh well, I guess as we were getting to that point, we talked about what we wanted for our future. Um, she definitely wanted to be in the U.S., and I was I was fine with it, and I was cool. And so that was probably the point for me where I was like, well, like I do want to go back to Australia and just like play and kind of be with my family a little bit. Um, and kind of also like have everyone like really know her like as my wife because she mm -hmm. she'd met some of my family like as my girlfriend or um some like my close family had mm -hmm. been over to visit us but you know a lot of my like aunts uncles cousins um other friends that weren't like my super close friends i saw every day like they hadn't met her mm -hmm. so, big family uh not necessarily like i got like for we just got four of us but then dad's got um two sisters and a brother and they've got some kids and then mum's got kind of a well she's like her cousins we're probably the closest with and they've got some some kids so it's there's a few people around it's not like a crazy huge family like, mm -hmm. I don't but know. it was important for those yeah. people to like meet Alicia it was and be yeah a part of that i just wanted bit. knowing that i was gonna be back here i didn't want anyone so when they thought about me, be like, oh, Daniel just lives in America with like his American wife. Like, that's not what I wanted. I wanted, to, wanted be like, to, I wanted to be like Daniel and Alicia, like live in America. Like I kind of wanted them to have a, more of a personal connection to us yeah. as a yeah. couple. You and wanted so, them to know her. And so that's why I kind of expressed to her that going back there for however long that was going to be was important because, you know, especially like once we like start having kids and things like that, it's, if people didn't have that connection to her, I feel like they wouldn't have that connection to like me and my family. Mm. Um, and for, for my own family and my like friends that I still value, but maybe didn't know her quite as well. Um, I was like, well, if this is going to be like the rest of my life, then mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure, you know, like, I guess you guys know and know her and know us, not just, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, that's like yeah. kind of, just Daniel's wife. Yeah. Mm. Do you think you would have lived in the United States had you not married a woman from the United States? Um, I mean, well, I guess logistically it probably would have been tough because I always wanted to go back and play professionally and that was yeah. like, after college, that was my goal. I mean, I got the green card because I was married. I would have, I probably would have liked to and have tried to have figured it out. 
but would it have been not that it was easy but would it have been as easy yeah probably probably not mm -hmm. um and then i mean i don't know like life's crazy and you know yeah it takes you in like, such different there, ways there's so like there's so many what ifs that could mm -hmm. have happened but um i was definitely I was definitely cool being here. Like I wanted yeah. to go, and mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of Marietta, like we both we, <laughs> we both went to school in Santa Barbara, and we like I love Santa. Barbara. If I won the lottery, that's where I'd be. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever been there. Honestly. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm going this weekend. Yeah, let's go. You, you should. No, I'm. I am school. going. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna go. Wait, no, yeah, cool. <laughs> but I'm. But I'm. Wait, you're okay. Yeah, I'll, meet, yeah. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you. Yeah. There. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was awesome. But then we we're like, well, like if I don't have a million dollars, I can't really like purchase like any real estate and then alicia's parents used to have a uh, beach house uh in carlsbad and we love like north san Diego county we're like man like this like we love the beach it's really cool and i was like oh like i also don't have like a million dollars to buy a nice house and we looked at like married to make it like hey like this wine country is pretty nice like I yeah can, i can buy a house and i was like if i teach like i can get paid any less than if i was in like san diego santa barbara los angeles like yeah um I'm getting the same in some districts out here, maybe even more. Yeah. And I was like, my bank for my buck is way better. And for us, it was kind of like, well, she's like pretty close to this area growing up. And it's like, this is to me, this like Merida Temeca is like the nicest affordable area in Southern California. I would say that's a fair. Yeah. yeah I would and say you know, what's cool about this area is we're in between two cities. So yeah. you can go to LA. It's, I mean, depending on traffic, you know, I've gone to LA in an hour. Yeah. speeding but, yeah. <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah who doesn't speed come on yeah, yeah. um else? but then yeah. sd is is just an hour away also yeah i mean we can now from being out here get out to oceanside in like 45 minutes mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which is cool. we talked about it as well as like really like i mean when we were in australia we lived right across the street from the beach and we mm -hmm. like we walked it every night and it was awesome oh but geez. like if i lived That's in awesome. escondido and i had to like take a trip to go to the beach I would go to the beach as often as if I go living out here because it's like it's kind of an event to go there. Kind of is, yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, I was like, I'd like I can't afford to live on a beach in Southern California. Like that's yeah. like with my like job and career, like that's not in the budget. Um, and I was like, but like out here, it's like it's it's still nice, and I can still get there, and I'm gonna go there as much as uh, you know if I lived, you know even a half an hour closer mm -hmm. i'd still probably go the same amount mm -hmm. um plus side is here the mountains are a lot closer too mm -hmm. and i like that kind of balance I don't, dude southern california has a lot yeah, to offer a lot. for sure yeah i mean we've been we the other day we we're up at like the observatory in palomar and we we're like up like high in the mountains looking over everything and then a couple of hours later like we were like down at the beach like just walking on the sand yeah and, and i was like man this is like this is a lot trip yeah <laughs> you could be snowboarding like in the morning or during yeah. the day and then go to the beach and bonfire at night or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? So amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. it's so yeah, it's cool. It's a good good middle spot. Um I mean the the wine country's really nice and mm -hmm. the the more I've been here and I've I've worked in it a little bit, the more I've appreciated like where I'm from back home is a big wine country. Like I live right next to the Brossa Valley, which is like world renowned. Oh really? And when I first like grew up there I was like Oh yeah, no, like I know they do wine, but I, and I knew they were good, but I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. Just like we went back uh, a couple of months ago, and I was like all about it. I was trying. Well, to, this like, is after you had worked at Wilson. Yeah, huh? yeah. So you kind of had gained some perspective. Yeah, I, on yeah. That. We would go and we could, I could talk the lingo a little bit, and so yeah. that, was, that was a bit of mutual respect. <laughs> um, 
we ended up like we bought like the number one wine in the world won like wine of the year like in some london wine festival and it was from like 15 minutes away from where i lived i was like dang this is is pretty cool so yeah apparently we're not allowed to open it for three years you're not Um, allowed well, yeah, they said like, "Hey, you're gonna let this age for three years to be a perfection." What? And well, we Dude, get so wine much... is an interesting beast like that. <sighs> yeah, we get so much like pretty cheap wine or free wine from Wilson. Like we've got enough stored up that like I can like if one sits there for three years, like it's I like I got uh, enough. I'm always yeah, gonna have enough. Yeah, you can keep enough. other ones in front of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna save that for something special down the line. Oh, right That's on. Rad. That's yeah. awesome. Cool. How long have you guys been married? Uh, a bit over four years now. So we got married in July of 2015, right after we both graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married out here over at Faulkner Winery, um, and it like is it's crazy. It's been four years because like every year goes by, and like once you, I don't know, like when it was like one year, it was like mm-hmm. oh we're still kind of like newlyweds. I mean like four's not like super deep into it, but yeah. at the same time it was like like wow like like four, four like, four a, lot, like a lot of stuff has happened in yeah. four years. Like we went back to Australia, we came back, like we've changed careers. Um, and to think about like that, you know, I'm like, I'm now 26, but I've known her since I was 18. You're like, 26 what? right now? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. The beard, the beard's <laughs> I'm 26. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you think he's a lot older than you or what? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were like 31. Yeah. No, no way. Most, most kids guess that, um, 30, but it's mostly because I have a big beard. Yeah. Um, and I'm 26. And, huge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm enormous. Yeah. <laughs> Um, boom you're huge <laughs> yeah and so it's yeah i mean it's like because after like kind of like after high school well for me is when we met um and so all of kind of like my i guess moving into adult and yeah. adult life like we've been together and it's just uh, sometimes like it doesn't like it feels like not that long ago that i met her but yeah. i was like oh we've done like a, a lot of stuff yeah it's yeah. a pretty then, influential yeah. period wow. of your life as well yeah 26 i'm still tripping out on that <laughs> i mean you could have i i was i'm surprised you could have easily said like now that i've turned 21 i'm like what <laughs> how old are you <laughs> oh my, what you know what's crazy is um uh when i was in spain i met a lot of people because i stayed in the hosp- hostel i was gonna say hospital yeah almost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a different night yeah. but that's a story for another time i was when we went yeah. to apollo the nightclub yeah. <laughs> um yeah but uh we stayed in the hostel and i was talking to a lot of people my age and I was so surprised. Everyone travels so much. Uh, I guess it's because it's so, I guess, I mean, Europe and those countries over there, it's, it's very, they're very small countries. And they're like, yeah, I go yeah. to, I'll, I'll take a train for two hours and be in Italy. You know, I'm like, to me, that's like, man, I have to fly 14 hours, you know? It's just cool hearing your story. Or like, you're like, I've been to this country, this country, China and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, dang, I'm trying to hit that too. What's up? Yeah. No, What's I, up? I, What's up, I mean, yeah. 26, dude. That's just yeah. the age, you know? It was, I mean, I was lucky. Like, I, at 16, and it's all been because of basketball. Like, at 16, I spent like a month and a half traveling around Italy playing different basketball teams. Um, at 16, dude. I, at, when I was in the under seven, well... Yeah, was that like it was yeah it must be 15 or 16 i was in italy then kind of 16 oh yeah i mean if we're having beers then <laughs> uh, he's uh, like oh you guys have beers yeah. <laughs> i wish uh, someone told me sooner he's all <laughs> yeah uh oh man and so please uh, hold while we <laughs> yeah quick quick beer intermission um it's a, it's a shitty opener yeah, you think that right, we got i there. mean do you think that helped you kind of 
I guess, uh, um, grow up, broaden your perspective, just visiting these countries at a young age? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think just getting outside of your bubble mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I mean, in, in Italy, like no one really spoke English. And so kind of the, the idea of like, oh, like I got to try to like learn this new language on the fly, to like interact with people, mm-hmm. um, was definitely a, a cool experience. And by the end of it, we were trying to like order off the menu and have a small conversation. And, um, we sometimes mixed up our words and we ended up ordering a pizza that was like, <laughs> like four feet wide for one person. <laughs> um, I'm like, well, but, yeah. this, is, this is God's calling on yeah. my life today. Yeah. This is the adventure. It was delicious though. Um, but then, like, I mean, for sure, like, Serbia was Serbia. was crazy. Um, so we went, so when we there, we went there before the, like, World Championships we were going to play in. Mm-hmm. But it was the World Cup for soccer or football, depending on where you're from. Um, and so uh, Australia was playing Serbia the night we flew in. Oh, dang. And it was, it was, like, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, we pulled up, we had, like security like police meet us at the gate take us to our bus like in belgrade we had like a six cop car escort to our hotel Damn. and we we kind of went it's probably like an hour and a half away from belgrade like where we were staying where we were playing and we went for like a shoot around because we'd flown straight from australia to serbia which was like mm-hmm. a 30 something hour trip oh my gosh and then Damn. so we're trying to like loosen our legs and our liaison guy comes he's like hey you gotta get back to the hotel you get inside like people are about to start coming out for the game like you're in all your australia stuff like it's like they'll, they'll kill you out here. Like no like, way. And he's like, like he's like there, like, Serbia. Like there, he's like they're like they're nuts. Like you can't be out here. And so we got, we brought back in the hotel, and they're like, hey, like you, like you have, take off all your Australia stuff, stay in your rooms, don't come down the lobby tonight, and like you'll be fine. Granted, we weren't, we didn't think we're that good at soccer at that point, so we thought, ah, oh, Serbs are just gonna smack us, and mm-hmm. like it'll be fine if they see us the next day. It's like, ha, we beat you, but. We won, <laughs> right. and, and that's we, when things got dangerous. Yeah, our, <laughs> it's like, damn it, why'd they win? I know, our hotel was like right on the corner of these streets of like all these clubs and bars, and there was so many people out there watching the game. And me and my buddy were in our room watching it, and we like the first goal for Australia gets scored, and no one cheer. No, they, <laughs> they were too like they sounded angry outside, and we looked at each other, and we're like. Hey, uh, if we score again, like we won't stick our heads out the window and give a little Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, oh, all right, all right. No. Totally, totally, totally. And, <laughs> and so we're thinking, like, how, how old are you at this point? Yeah, um, we're like 16. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we're like, hey, there's, there's, like, there, like, there's no way they're going to score again because we're not that good. And then, like, five minutes later, or, like, Tim Cahill scores his goal. And we just look at each other. You're like, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> and we like, we kind of made eye contact and we were like, without speaking, we we're like, should we do it? Yeah. And he looks at me, he's like, well, no one would know if we didn't. I was like, yeah, but like, we would know that we really like, we chickened out. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you're right. And we're already on like, we're on the second floor. We're not that far away from the street. So we stick our heads out the window. We got like these Australian scouts like, Aussie, Aussie. Before we can get to our always, we got like bottles flying at us. No we're freaking like, way. We're like, ah, we like close the door. We flip one bed up against the window, push another against the door. And we're just, we're sitting there like, oh man, like they're going to come and get us. No. And it was so like, that yeah, was that, crazy. That ain't America, dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no like, tolerance on the Friendly sportsmanship, <laughs> like the yeah. nature. That's death. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, no. so you have chosen death. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like some, yeah, some places in Europe, like we went to basketball games 
where people get like they're not wearing shirts they're just wearing like paint mm-hmm. and it's like it's almost like war paint like there are people lighting off like flares inside the stadiums like they're beating mm-hmm. like big drums like i was like i kind of feel like when like in medieval times when people went to war mm-hmm. this is what it was like oh, yeah, yeah. Um, savages dude and it Over was sport. yeah yeah it was it was crazy there was some of that stuff like just opened my eyes but I mean, even when we went to China not that long ago in uh, 2017, and we went, it was, we played uh, the Shandong Sharks, which were like our kind of, well, Shandong is like the sister province to South Australia. Mm -hmm. And there's a a lot of money in sports in China. And the Australian Football League had been going over to China and doing all these tours and kind of getting connections and building money that way. So our club had looked at like, well, they're doing it. Let's try to do it. But we also brought a bunch of our politicians with us to like meet up with their politicians we did this like whole tour and so that was a real interesting like cultural perspective because mm-hmm. it was your like the monks like politicians who were trying to like show off the states they're trying to organize like these deals and um you're trying to play and we were also we played like a three-game series and we smacked in the first game the second game they walked in and said hey we're trying to close deals and like you, you got to throw this game like we, no way and it was it was the first time in my life i've ever been told like you can't win and so whoa it was got political you're we like yeah no, and i was no. i was like uh like usually like everything in like my competitive nature is like no way we're gonna win but i was like this is probably a bit bigger than me so like yeah like if if we're gonna lose we're gonna lose there's and then, people looking at my family yeah and then <laughs> hang so, back boys yeah <laughs> and then so they're like hey we're another game like you can beat them up the next game like you can smack them by 50 the next game like if you want so yeah like, all right we'll so, take that yeah, yeah we'll we, take that yeah we we did that but it was going and seeing some of those places and it's again kind of i guess the international like cultural aspect like talking with kids and yeah um you know we like uh china is obviously kind of a communist country and it's, it's changing a little bit but still has kind of come from that background mm-hmm. in modern history i remember like going through places and there was just like these like cement like cities that were like had fallen down and you kept going down this train and like two minutes down the road it was like another city that was like falling down another one and they just like kept building stuff and then moving people down and just like the way people in like the rural communities were living mm-hmm. it was like some of the worst poverty ever seen in my life but then we're also amongst like the business elites and i was like oh like these guys are like just dumb rich like you like they have so much money but then you went to like kind of see the people outside of the city and you're like, oh, like this is, I mean, people talk about like wealth inequality in America, but this was the craziest mm-hmm. I've ever seen it. And so that's when I kind of talk about communism, the economics of it all with my kids. I talk about, I was like, hey, like I've been to China. I've kind of, I've seen how it like rolls and how it functions. And I was like, I mean, it's it, like, it's <laughs> yeah. not good. Like when, when we talk you guys about, have a good over yeah, here. <laughs> when we talk about, you know, like, oh, like America's like, you know, pro-capitalist and that's great. And there's. I mean, debates amongst that as well. I think there's there's pros and cons to both sides. I was like, but like what they have over there, like like what we got right now, way cooler. Yeah. Uh, like I've seen <laughs> it. <laughs> cool. And, yeah. So, um, but yeah, for sure, it, it definitely all those experience meeting those different people, um, just like hearing how different people think. Yeah. Um, Broadens your perspective. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Dang, that's what's up, dude. I'm all about that. That's how it was when I went to a Barcelona game. Uh, I wore my Barcelona shirt and I sat on the Barcelona side because I actually yeah. liked the team, but I was glad it wasn't like a rivalry between like there's Barcelona and then like 
Real Madrid. Yeah. And I was asking some of the locals, I'm, I'm like, hey, like, what's it like when there's like, you know, like big teams like El Clasico, that's what they call it. Yeah. Um, they're like, what's it like when that's going on? They're like, oh, it's like there's fights, people die, you know, and, and you just hear stories like that, and it's real. I'm like, dang. Yeah, this is like a, in England, a bunch of the gangs are based around like soccer teams and who yeah. they support. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, yeah. they'll come out and like if you wear another team's colors, like yeah, it's on. It's like Bloods and Crips, but it's it's crazy, like, right? Yeah. Over a, over soccer, yeah. well, just a sport, really. Yeah. But it's like, dang, I don't think I've ever looked at a sport and taken it that seriously, but. Some people are about that life, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. Well, Daniel, appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, thanks, I feel man. like we could, we could we could hit some more stories. Heck yeah, but, man. Uh, yeah. We are at our our times our times end. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's right. I've, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been cool. Beers yeah. have been great. The uh, the conversation's been. Good, you were drinking so. beers. You were drinking. <laughs> that's like what a the cu- heck? Yeah, that's like a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Dude, I've, I've been, when I went to Bali is when I was like, oh, Ozzy's party. Like, you guys can drink. It, I mean, yeah, I don't, like, I mean, for those people who don't know me to see this, I'm not, like, an alcoholic. No, um, no, no. But, no, there are Australians, like. She's had a couple of beers. We're, yeah. we're just, we're just joking. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's yeah, beers yeah. on the table. Like, no, like, like, I mean, culturally, like, Australians, like, they binge drink it out, like, after, like, our legal age is 18. Um. And, like, so when kids use, like, a fake ID in the U.S., it's, like, oh, they're, like, 19, 20. When kids use a fake ID in Australia, they're, like, 15, and they're, like, it's... Dang. It's, yeah, how that much <laughs> they drink is not good. But, like, uh, yeah, I've got some friends that would, like, put away, like, a slab of beer and just, like, they just, like, that's just a good Saturday that's night. Just, yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> normal, that's a normal Tuesday. Yeah. That's, that's how they but, clear their throat. Yeah. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah, All that's right. awesome. I want to visit. Yeah, it's visit. a cool spot. If you can get out, it's yeah. yeah I had a cool, lot of fun. Cool it's place. just a it's a trip and a half, man. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. You it's guys not, have it's some, not close. You guys have time. some weird like interesting. I feel like Australia is like the Florida to the United States, but to the world. Yeah, you guys well, have some interesting creatures over there. Yeah. I see some gnarly stuff. I'm like, that's in Australia. That spider is in Australia. Yeah, and it's common. Like, well, the thing about spiders though is they eat all the other bugs that are actually scary. So spiders, like I'm. I'm chewing. Oh, you're cool. Like, yeah, Sick. they're come, like come they're, in my home, I, please. They're, yeah, set they're up, set up camp here because if you're gonna eat the like crazy like centipede that's outside oh and it's not gonna get to me, then like hey, like please, yeah, you yeah. Can yeah. Stay. yeah, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you again for coming by, dude, and yeah. talking and just having a good time, man. Show yeah. your perspective. We appreciate it. No worries. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Well, this has been Blake with friends, guys. I'm Mike. I'm Jordan. Yeah, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Peace and blessings. I'll see you next time, guys. Thank you.